Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm Athena Jones, CNN national correspondent, and this is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Every weeknight, we're bringing you up-to-the-minute reporting and analysis of the historic impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump. Today, I'm filling in for regular host David Chalian. In a few minutes, I'll be talking with CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig. But first, stepping up to the mic is senior writer and analyst for CNN politics, Harry Enten. Shalom, Athena. And let me just say that Athena and I always pass each other in the hallway. We give a little hi, hey, hey, yeah, we're part of the same family. But I don't believe we've ever appeared on the same program together. So it is an honor and a privilege to be able to share a microphone with you here today. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. And so let's dive right in. Uh, We know that uh, on Capitol Hill, there's a pause in the depositions of witnesses involved in this impeachment inquiry uh, for today and tomorrow for the memorial service and funeral for uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings uh, of Maryland. Uh, But we know that the fallout from the testimony earlier this week of Bill Taylor, the uh, ambassador in Ukraine, there's still a lot of fallout coming from that. One of them is this spectacle we saw yesterday with more than a two dozen. Dozen House Republicans uh, storming the the skiff, the, the sort of sensitive room where these these depositions are being held. Let's first play some some comments about that. We heard from uh, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham uh, on this this morning, uh, talking about how the president approved of this. Take a listen. Stephanie, what was the president's reaction? Because in that interview with Sean Hannity, he said, I I want Republicans to be stronger. I want them to fight for me. This sends a clear message that they're behind him. Oh, absolutely. I think this showed full support uh, for the president, but he was happy to see it happen. He was very supportive of it, as he should be. So there you go. The White House, very supportive of this. We, we of course, know that the president was calling on Republicans to be tougher and to fight for him. I want to play one more soundbite before we get into this. This is Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who's one of uh, the president's biggest defenders. Uh, he was also on Fox last night. Uh, here's what he had to say. I think we're on a rocket docket to impeachment in the House. I think impeachment was a functional certainty the moment that Nancy Pelosi grabbed that gavel because the radical left today cannot win a fair debate or a fair election. And so everything is about trying to deplatform and destroy those who champion the America first agenda. And we've just got to stop reading and reacting. We've got to be, I think, very proactive in terms of exposing this corruption to the country. So the questions here, what do they mean? What's going to happen next? Are they going to be storming every time? And also, we know this is all part of of this inquiry. It's the messaging. It's the attempts to shape public opinion. Is it going to work? Uh, No, I doubt it's going to work. Uh, I mean, look, the public is fully behind this impeachment inquiry. You know, the latest polling shows that somewhere between 53 and 55 percent of Americans are behind it. And that's a very vastly different picture than before it. So the Democrats have made their case. And it seems, at least on the inquiry itself, uh, Americans are behind it. Let's just not lose track of the fact that this is all theater. This is what it is. And it's theater for one individual in particular, the president of the United States. This is what Republican lawmakers often try and do. They try and make a spectacle, get on national television. And from that point of view, it was successful because they've certainly, to some degree, gotten the AOK from the president. But in terms of the public at large, come on, let's be real about it. 
And and as many have commented, as many commentators have pointed out, this is not a discussion about the substance of what's coming out. We're not seeing members of the Republican Party addressing what Bill Taylor said, other than to say this is not not firsthand information. And so they're arguing more about the process then. They're arguing about the process. And my understanding is that there's nothing different sort of about this than would be the norm. It just seems to me that now Republicans are on the defense and they're trying to fight back because if they can't necessarily win on the merits of the testimony, they want to try and fight on the theatrics. And the theatrics are something that they can go fight about and they can go appear on television. And again, I I just keep going back to this. It is about appearing good and loyal to the president of the United States. It's about being able to go on Fox News and appear good and loyal, a loyal soldier. And from that point of view, it's successful. But the fact is, is it's not going to be that all of a sudden, oh, my God, this is going to change the minds of the public. It's not going to be Nancy Pelosi going, oh, my God, or Adam Schiff going, oh, my God, what's going on here? This is a play to the base. And from that point of view, it's a success. But the Democrats are playing a different ball game here. And from their point of view, they're also being successful. Sure. And of course, we saw all of the attention that that storming moment got. And we hear from Matt Gates that more of this type of thing could be coming. We'll see uh, what happens on that. Uh, but we're also learning from our own Manu Raju on Capitol Hill that public hearings uh, in this impeachment inquiry could begin by mid-November or as soon as mid-November. So you know, time the timing of this is very important. You know, are Democrats making a mistake by focusing so much on impeachment right now? And do voters want them to spend more time on health care, prescription drug costs and trade? I mean, this is this is why there's so much discussion over timing. They want to get to the hearings. They, they want to make it public. That's a secrecy issue. But there's also concerns among the general public about you know other issues. Sure. There's always other issues. But as my mama used to say, you know, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I, I think it's very important to note that, you know, look. I don't do a lot of things well. I don't necessarily appear well-dressed. I don't necessarily talk with a Midwestern accent. You know, I have a New York sort of accent, but what I can tell you what I do do well is I look at numbers. And what I can tell you in looking at those numbers, look at President Trump's approval rating. Has it moved? Has it moved up? Has has the public thinking that this is a witch hunt? No. His numbers, in fact, if anything, have moved slightly down during this impeachment inquiry. Have the Democrats suffered at all in the congressional generic ballot? No, they have not. And so to me, I would not necessarily stop if I were the Democrats. Yes, it's true that there are those other issues, but it's not necessarily clear to me at all. In fact, the opposite is true, that this is in any way hurting them because the American public wants them to concentrate on other things. Good point there. Now, no, no, one more question here, and that is uh, we heard the, the Republicans are having a hard time talking about the substance of this. But we did hear from GOP Senator John Thune of South Dakota, who told reporters yesterday, the picture coming out of Bill Taylor's testimony about a quid pro quo is, quote, not a good one. But today he told our own Manu Raju that, oh, well, these accounts are based on secondhand uh, information. So what does this say to you about, about the Republicans' uh, uh, messaging? Yeah, I, I think it says to me that someone might have gotten in a John Thune's ear and said, what the heck are you doing? Uh, this is a constant thing that we see throughout this presidency where Republicans one second seem to be critical of the president of the United States. And then the next second or at least a day or two later, when perhaps they've heard from someone that – this is the way it came across. They kind of changed their mind. I, Republicans, to me, unless they are retiring members of Congress like Francis Rooney or if there's someone like Mitt Romney who comes from the state of Utah where President Trump isn't as popular, they have a very difficult time staying on message critiquing the president of the United States because at the end of the day, the people that they are most accountable to are Republican primary voters and Republican primary voters still very much like the president and Republican primary voters are very, very much against this impeachment inquiry. So unless that changes, 
I have a very difficult time believing that Republican primary that the Republicans in Congress are really going to be willing to go after the president of the United States. And I think we have time for one more, and that is on polls. You're one of our resident polling experts, and you've talked about how in recent days how the support for impeachment has somewhat stabilized. What are you looking for in the polling? As you, as you look ahead. Yeah, I think the real question looking in the polling ahead is that th- there are two things. Number one, are there any more Republicans who are willing to get on board with the impeachment inquiry or even impeaching or remove? Our last CNN poll had only 6% of Republicans getting on board with impeaching or remove. And the other thing I'm looking for is the impeach and remove numbers in the swing states like Florida and Wisconsin have tended to be very much behind what they've been doing nationally. And obviously, if you're a Democratic presidential nominee, you're going to want to win those particular swing states. And so if impeachment isn't as popular in those key states as it is nationally, that might be a warning sign that, hey, the impeachment inquiry may be okay, but calling for the removal of the president of the United States is perhaps you're getting a little too far ahead of yourself. All right, Harry, let's hold it right there. We're going to bring in Ellie Honig in just a moment for a lawyer's perspective on the latest developments. But first, this quick break. Welcome back to the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I'm Athena Jones filling in for host David Chalian. Harry Enten is still with me, and we're delighted to be joined by CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig, a former federal prosecutor. Good afternoon, Ellie. Thanks for having me, Athena. Good to be here. Well, let's just pick up uh, with the same thing we started off with with Harry, this spectacle of the storming of, of the skiff uh, on Capitol Hill. Why Why was this perhaps not the, the best move? And also, let's talk about the secrecy uh, claim here. There are Republicans in that room, and there is a difference between a hearing and a deposition. Explain this to our listeners. It, it's pure spectacle. The, I think the, the notion they were trying to put out there, the Republicans, is we are completely shut out of this, and this is entirely a one, one-party process, and that's why we're going to sort of storm the Bastille and take over and make our mark here. Of course, the reality is the Republican members of the three investigating committees are in that room and they have the ability and they presumably have been questioning and cross-examining the witnesses. So there is a process. But I think I think clearly the, the main purpose here was spectacle. But I think what they're trying to do, bigger picture, is get out the notion that this is an, a fundamentally unfair process. And, and a funny thing about impeachment is the Constitution tells us only about five things about impeachment, right? So it tells us House has the sole power to impeach, Senate has the sole power to try impeachments, got to need a majority in the House, two thirds in the Senate and the chief justice presides. And it's got to be high crimes or misdemeanors. Other than that, it is entirely up to the House and the Senate. And so I think if, if I'm a Democrat in the House, I do want to have so, at least the appearance of some sort of due process. Now, it is I think it is appropriate to do these hearings behind closed doors. But I do think eventually, and there's now reporting on this, they're going to have to have a more public process. And, and speaking of you, so you mentioned hearings, and that's a lot of the term we're hearing a lot. But they're saying these are these are depositions. This is a fact finding. Uh, is there a difference here? The only difference really is that hearings, I think, will be more focused and more more geared towards the camera and the public eye. There, there's not really a technical difference in both instances. Both members of both parties will have a chance to examine the witnesses. I think when we get into round two, which will be the public hearings, the questions will be much more refined and targeted because – these witnesses are going for eight, 10 hours each. And I think what lawyers will do when you go from deposition 
to trial is you narrow it down to the really good stuff. And just to be clear, this whole idea of, of secrecy, a lot of folks have, have compared what's going on right now, these depositions behind closed doors, to grand jury proceedings, gathering evidence, talking to witnesses, to working towards a potential indictment. Is that a fair comparison? I do. I think that's a very fair comparison. I, I don't know that people understand, but when a prosecutor is putting a case into a grand jury, it is entirely one-sided. In fact, it's more one-sided than the process here because in a criminal grand jury, there's no chance, very limited chance for the defendant to have any say, any input. They certainly do not get to cross-examine the witnesses in front of the grand jury. So to the extent people see impeachment, and I think the Constitution envisions it this way, impeachment in the House is the accusatory phase and then Senate trial as the thumbs up or thumbs down phase, then, then I think there's there's ample process here. And now some people, we're, we're talking still about Bill Taylor. He has been the star witness so far. And a lot of folks feel that his testimony, that those 15 pages, which, by the way, if you haven't read them, they're very easy to follow. And it's a great summary of what's what's going on in, in, in this in this impeachment inquiry. It's practically the only thing you have to read. Uh, but anyway, Bill Taylor, uh, the star witness, a lot of folks feel that, that his testimony was really a smoking gun here. Uh, the Republican Party largely dismisses it. So what, what other testimony or documents might they need to, to make their case? Yeah. Bill Taylor is going to be a fantastic witness looking at it from a prosecutorial point of view. But the star witness is still that July 25th call. I mean, make Donald Trump is the star witness here in what he <laughs> says to Zelensky on that call. That is going to be exhibit A, exhibit one, whatever system you're using in, in the process. And the secondary star witness is those texts because those texts are real time. Those are the words of the participants as it's happening. So and there's really you can't cross examine those. Bill Taylor, that said, is about appears to me to be about as good a witness as you could want as a prosecutor, as an investigator. He's not partisan. He's not political. He's He's been military and, and foreign service professional for decades. And his account makes sense and is consistent with the texts and the call. I have a quick question for you, just sort of jumping between what was currently going on in past sort of impeachment proceedings. And that is, you know, is this following sort of the normal playbook that you might expect? Is there something different going on here? What, what, what it, it, are we following the playbook? Yeah. So here's another funny thing about impeachments. We don't have a lot to go on, right? When, you, when you're doing a trial or a case, you get on Westlaw or Lexis and you enter some search terms <laughs> and it'll give you 58 results or 400 results. Here's prior cases that were similar in some respect. Here we have, let's, let's assume we're not going to really base too much off Andrew Johnson in 1868. Aww. So we really only have one and a half sure. precedents, right? We have Clinton, which went all the way through, and mm-hmm. Nixon, who never got even to a formal impeachment vote. So I think Clinton, look, is, is the best... Uh, is the best you know, precursor that we have. There's still people around who, who are part of that. And thus far, it, it is proceeding similar in some respects to Clinton. The big difference with Clinton is Ken Starr delivered his report and it was basically done and done. The House did not do any substantive investigation. You don't have a Ken Starr here, though, really. Except, thankfully, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. depending who you talk to. But yes, yeah, so, so, so you have Adam Schiff and his staff doing real investigation. The, the things that are coming out are being learned Real time by them and by us in the public and the media. So, but I think moving forward, how this is going to look, what the Senate trial is going to look like, I think the best, a good idea would be to base it on Clinton, A, because it's the only and most recent precedent, and B, because it's sort of shoes on the other foot. It's hard to write Republican, Democrat, Democrat, Republican. So either side is going to have a hard time complaining when now things are, are reversed. And to be clear, once that trial happens, both sides are going to be able to question witnesses, cross-examine, that sort of thing. Sh- yes. Presu- I mean, Mitch McConnell is going to be calling the shots then. It's in the Senate. Now, I think there's some limits. I've, I, viewers have asked me, 
can he just shut this down? And I don't think he can politically. Mm. That would be incredibly dangerous to do. But yes, I think it will resemble what we know as a trial, but it, it's not going to be like a criminal trial that we may follow in the media or, or see on TV. I do not expect there to be in the Senate many live first-person witnesses. I mean, Monica Lewinsky, Vernon Jordan, all these relevant players, they did not walk into the well of the Senate and testify. So I think it will be done in some sort of more summary fashion. Understood. And I want to make sure we get to the tweets from George Conway, who is, of course, the husband of White House counselor Kellyanne Conway. Uh, George Conway has in recent months become a, something of a thorn in the side of, of President Trump. Here are those tweets. With the leverage of $400 million, they, speaking of the president and uh, Rudy Giuliani, were committing an actual solicitation of a bribe, an actual attempt to extort, actual wire fraud, and no doubt other actual serious violations of federal criminal law. And much has been made of, like, some Republicans arguing there's no crime here. What do you say to that? Does does Conway have a point? Could you make a good case for those things? He's right. So I, I have to say this every chance I get. You do not need a crime in order to impeach. You can impeach for a crime, certainly, but you can also impeach for abuse of power, misuse of office. But I look, I agree with George Conway. I don't think he's ever been a prosecutor. I have. I think there are chargeable crimes already based off of what we know. I do think bribery, extortion, and the easiest one, bribery and extortion require some sort of a, a two-party dance, a little bit of an exchange or a quid pro quo. But but solicitation of foreign election aid is one sided. As long as you ask if Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump are out there asking a foreign national or country for something that will benefit them in the election, that's a federal crime. So that to me is your is your your quickest shot here if you feel like you need to prove a crime. And to be clear, I think there's some folks who kind of diminish this, leaving aside bribery and extortion, that this idea of a campaign finance violation, we know it's 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 against the law to solicit something of value from a foreign government. But is it really a big deal, I guess. What would you say to folks sure, who say it's absolutely. Really a big deal? No, I, I understand that. But it, right, it goes to the, really one of the fundamental protections we have in the Constitution, this notion that our elections need to be our business and our business alone. And look, if, if anyone needed any further convincing, the indictment that came out of the Southern District recently against Parnas and Fruman, one of the main charges there is this precise violation. So it is a big deal. All I, right. <laughs> Ellie knows. I, that's my former office. They, they know what they're doing. Well, thank you, uh, Ellie. And, and Harry, looking ahead to tomorrow, what should we be keeping our eye on? What's going to be the next big development that dominates impeachment uh, talk? You know, I think as we come back, you know, obviously today was a mournful day with uh, Elijah Cummings. Um, and I think the big question that I'm really looking forward to, besides my usual answer, which is who the heck knows is what's going to happen next, right? Which I think is true that, you know, this sure. thing goes on. I really am looking to see if there are any more Republicans that are hearing stuff that comes out of these um, testimonies and say, hey, wait a minute, there's something weird going on here. I, I Maybe I want to get off the Trump train. And we saw we we thought we heard that with Thune, perhaps maybe not. Um, but that's really the thing I'm looking forward to, because if that doesn't happen, then he the president of the United States may very well get impeached, but it's not going anywhere further from that. And he will still be on the ballot come 2020. If for this to really move forward, we need to start hearing more Republican voices saying, hey, I'm not sure I can back up the president anymore. And we'll see if that happens. So far, not really. Right. And it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, Cong- uh, Senator Blumenthal saying that that Republicans are going to have to answer to history. So they, we'll see. Yeah, there you go. Harry, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. And thanks to the listeners out there. Remember, there's a new episode of this podcast every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow.
When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.